1: Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favourite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello,
0: hello. Welcome back. Yes, if you are joining us on the podcast, hello, if you're joining us on air, hello, if you're joining us another way tell us how we'd be intrigued to know uh Falalalalalo is still here still here uh he didn't want to be but he is uh Sean Priest is still there are you still there Sean Priest?
2: I'm finished sorry I clocked off
0: oh he's right say, yeah, to yeah, he an hour
3: Stephen says you know he didn't want to be but he's still here like we had a choice right Sean
2: yeah, exactly. Well, we didn't there's, have a choice. There's
3: one person with a choice and that's yeah. going to be uh, she'll be introduced in a moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's right. But uh, this is this is kind of why we're doing this because if we get the chance to speak to the wonderful Shelly Brisbane. Shelly Brisbane. Hi.
2: Hey.
0: hey. 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 To oh the my show. god, he
2: sound effects. I found sound <laughs> effects. From now on, guys. I'm going to
0: ask for an applause track
4: all the time <laughs> As to you be shoot. in my tech writer.
0: Absolutely, absolutely Oh my Um, god Shelley, great to have you here Welcome to Double Tap Canada Uh, You are of course the host of the wonderful Parallel podcast on Really FM Um, Not just because I've been on it that I say that Although, you know, to be fair (laughs)
4: Although it it helps helps. (laughs) It
0: helps Uh, And also, uh, you're the writer of the wonderful iOS Access for All series of books Which I imagine only gets harder and harder to write every year Because there's just so much constantly coming out
4: I tweeted earlier this week after the WWDC keynote. The book will be a thousand pages, and I'll <laughs> see you in September.
3: <laughs> Just in time for the release. Yeah, that's right, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, it's incredible. I mean, so I mean, we didn't really get into the accessibility side on the on the first hour or the the first episode this week, but um, uh, there is a lot that's come out. I, I think you know. Let's kick off with your take on WWDC this time around, Shelley. I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts.
4: I enjoyed it i i thought that people had expectations that we were going to get new hardware and they didn't get the right toys under their christmas tree and people i guess were disappointed in that sense <laughs> and and then there are other people who <laughs> justifiably <laughs> criticize apple for maybe uh doing some catch-up features but i think overall what they announced it, it makes ios 15s particularly and mac os too but they feel like good updates and it feels like it gives apple room not only to add some, some new and useful features, but also the ability to maybe clean up some messes in the background because the, the level of ambition seems uh, reasonable this year as opposed to trying to do way too much and running the risk of breaking things.
3: I saw a video on, uh, I think it was The Verge or one of those those places, and they were talking about how a lot of Android users always joke about the fact that some of these features have been around for quite some time on, on opposing operating systems. But the funny thing is, and the truth about it, is that when they do come out on the Apple ecosystem, they tend to be a little bit better. You know, sometimes marginally better, but, um, you know, in most cases, there's something that stands out that really makes it kind of different. And and again, you know, it's going to go back to Android, you know, on the next update uh, and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to play this yo-yo game. Um, But, yeah, there are features that I saw that came out of, you know, WWDC that that really kind of pushed the envelope even further than where Android is going.
4: Yeah, and Apple clearly watches to see what others have done and says, oh, well, that's, I don't think it's so much that they're copying. It's that they, there's a reason for them, especially as they get more and more market share to not be on the bleeding edge. And is it nice to be able to say, yeah, we invented that thing? Yes, but only if it works.
2: That's right. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point.
0: What's the what's the big takeaway for you? I mean, you know, from the event itself, I and mean, I know there's been tons of events since and lots of conversation about new features that have been coming out, but what was the big thing that you, was it like a wow moment for you? Was there a, an aha moment, Oprah style?
4: I don't know if it, I would say it was on that high a level. I mean, there are things that I really liked and that surprised me, things like live text, which I love, uh, and especially because I think that has real specific accessibility connotations and dna uh, but i it, it was surprising how much stuff they got into the how 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 deep they got into the weeds of ios features and there're probably things they certainly didn't there're certainly things they didn't get to talk about but i i was just sort of gobsmacked after like 45 minutes of going wait they're still talking about ios features what else are they even going to have time to do and um but but i didn't feel like that was a bad thing i felt like they sort of decided what they wanted to focus on and they did it and like i say the closest to the aha moment is probably live text because i feel like that's a feature where they said okay this is something that clearly is an accessibility focus but let's give it to everybody and let's give it let's let's make it something that everybody is going to have a use for
0: so we we didn't delve in too much although i think mark said he did talk about in the last hour i honestly have no recollection no, of this I, I don't think he did I think the last hour out. is so long ago you know i mean it's like it's finished it's so uh, it, yeah. i mean i wasn't exactly. here
4: so what does it matter
0: exactly shelly that's right um so for those who don't know explain live text
4: live text allows you to take an image with your ios camera and if it has text in it say there's a sign or maybe it's a, a document with text or, or any text that it sees in the image And it captures that text. So it OCRs the text, but it also makes it available to you. Uh, You can copy it. You can put it in notes. You can put it in any format you want to do anything you want to with it. And OCR apps have existed forever for the iOS platform. And there are even tools like Seeing AI, AI out there that will capture text and photos. And we got image recognition last year, which does it a little bit. But it feels like this is that feature grown up and made integral to the operating system instead of having to be really fiddly and using a share sheet to go and capture that twitter message and reading it as an as ocr so it feels like they've really integrated it and i feel like the the accessibility dna of it is image recognition from last year where they said all right you can take a picture you can have text read to you by voiceover uh you can't necessarily do anything with it but you can have it read to you and so now they're saying not only can you Acquire this text, but you can do something with it.
2: So powerful. Yeah. I mean, it, they've given it context. Is it? I think they yes. use that yes. phrase quite a lot context. And I should thing. point out
4: that it's available on macOS too. My guess is that most people will acquire text via iOS. It'll be interesting to see, given the continuing increase in hooks between iOS and macOS what that means for that side of the house. But it's available on both platforms. If you have an M1 Mac, you'll be able to get it on Mac OS. But really, since we're talking about taking pictures, it's probably going to be something most people will be doing on iPhones and iPads.
3: Now, Stephen, in the briefing that we had yesterday, there was a demonstration of live text and uh, after they showed obviously the power of of copying and pasting text, they also showed the just the image recognition part of it, where you know there was a picture of four people that said you know four people smiling and maybe Michelle or some name. So it was able to go into your existing you know contact library or your in your photos you can find people and you can designate people and was able to use that. But what I found was interesting is when when she was hovering over different people in the picture. It was able to to extrapolate the different people in the picture, even though they were really close to each other, and a girl who had her hair pinned back. It said a dark haired girl, dark haired, straight hair girl smiling. I'm like, how do you know that hair is straight? Like how does how does it extrapolate that data? And that's where it really kinda dawned on me that the power of AI here is going so well beyond what we even think it's doing.
0: So that seems yeah, well, it feels like magic in some ways. And, and I think that, to me, was the... Because it's the next step of image recognition, isn't it? Because it was actually what you would call image exploration in that sense. So you could roll your finger around the screen and you'd be able to find individual things on the photo. And even people, and as you say, facial expressions, styles. I mean, it gives you so much more information about the person, which is incredible. And then there was also the ability... And Shelley, this might be new, I don't know, but adding markup to images now as well so you can essentially label the image as you want it to be described if you know they talked about that that
4: they talked about that briefly in the keynote and it's funny because markup has been a feature available in the via the camera app for a long time and i've always ignored it because even as somebody with low vision i find it super hard to use Uh, but i saw this and i was like okay well this is something that might make me want to figure out how to use it because you can actually yeah, use it to take, take an image, mark it up, and not only have access to it for yourself, but maybe send it to somebody and say, here's an image with these people in it or these things in it that I've customized so that you can appreciate it too as a voiceover user.
2: Well, people, people use that phrase a lot. What does it actually mean, markup? Is it just simply writing a description of the, the, the image?
4: you're drawing on the image your mark usually markup has tools like pens and paintbrushes and things yeah. so if you have a diagram or something like that you can point put arrows and other sort of markers you can also add text labeling uh, but I think most people, in the mainstream, use it to just annotate images with some sort of visual markers.
2: Yeah. Circle things
0: and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Circles
4: and arrows, as we say.
0: The, the markup that you put on it, does that show up on the screen or is that something that's that's seen by the image as alt text?
4: That's a good question. I don't know. My guess is it's a layer so that if you are just scrolling through your camera roll you might not visually see it, but voiceover would read it to you. And then markup. Uh, obviously markup would have to be available in some other. I'm just guessing because mm. I haven't really used it. But it has to be a layer because you have to be able to see it and not see it, right? Because if you want yep. those annotations visible to you, but then you want to look at the original image, you have to be able to sort of turn it off. Of- that
2: live, sorry, that, that live text feature as well. I mean, it isn't just for the camera roll and just for the photos. It is websites. I mean, it's going to be system-wide images. That's so what I was going to least- say. Oh, well I beat you to it, you're too slow. (laughs) You wanna have that coffee, the text, (laughs) that (laughs) that live text. So that could be really useful as well for getting information such as links as well of of website images.
4: Don't tell people that we've been trying to convince to put alt text on their web images forever that this is going to exist because well, they're going to be like, well, I don't yes. have to do that anymore. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> I know,
0: this is the fear, isn't it? Um, but, but Stop it, listening it, to us. Yeah, don't right. listen to this. <laughs> don't listen to this bit. Uh, this is only for blind people. Um, but no, is it it's really interesting because the live text feature, um, you know, which is obviously slightly different to the image recognition and exploration side, um, this is f- so powerful. I mean, So I had taken a picture that night of me uploading all these betas to my MacBook Pro with the M, my MacBook Air, I should say, with the M1, the iPad Pro, and the iPhone 12 Pro Max, I was updating them all with the new uh, developer betas to try them all out. And once it was finished, I went back into the image and I said, "Oh, I can try this live text feature now." And I tried it on the image of three machines, which were not spaced too far apart, but the camera was maybe about a good foot, maybe a foot and a half away from the devices, and it was still able to pick out, you know, the screen where it has all the information and then there's a link to the, you know, here's more information about the beta. It was able to pick that out from the iPad, and I was able to activate that link and go to that website. And I thought, that's incredible oh, that's, that it can that's do great. that. that's great. And that was on the iPhone 12 mini, and I thought, you know, I, because I can't really tell how sharp an image is, so I often think these images are not very clear. But obviously the camera can pick up huge amounts of information and it's and the the cameras are, are far more powerful than I can give them credit for.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just always fascinating. amazing how how good those cameras are because people always, you know, what's the megapixel on this camera? Is it good for recognition? We're way past that now. Any camera pretty much mm-hmm. is, is going to be good enough for uh, picking up amazing detail, actually.
4: Yeah, I will say that the 12 cameras just as, as a cameras themselves Really were a massive improvement. Even the regular twelve versus the twelve Pro and the twelve Pro Max, which had better cameras, but they were such a massive improvement. And I know this because I've been living with my ten R again uh, recently, and I am like, wow, that that twelve Pro camera I had sure was a lot better. <laughs> I don't know whether there. I mean, I, I know that those cameras, the, the older cameras, even on the say the ten R, that any of the tens are going to be completely sufficient for for getting live text kinds of information. That's not my point. My point is just every year when they iterate the hardware uh, those those cameras become more amazing and the worst thing you can do if you don't want to spend money is to compare the new one to the old one
0: yeah yeah definitely Uh, look we have so much more to talk about we've got uh, the accessibility features across all the devices that i've found myself and we can share our thoughts on those uh also from that briefing yesterday we did with apple you know we get so much more information about these new wonderful features not just for blind people but for people who use switch control Some amazing new features there Those who use voice control And for people who have Or who need hearing accommodations uh, or through their headphones. Incredible features we can talk about as Double Tap Canada continues in our special extra episode for WWDC this week.
1: If you love Double Tap Canada, why not check out Double Tap TV with Stephen Scott and Marka Flalo every Tuesday at 8.30pm Eastern on AMI-TV. The latest tech news, hands-on reviews, exclusive interviews, accessible to all. Find out more at AMI.ca slash Double Tap. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment double tappers want to get involved call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say this is double tap canada it's a tech show honest don't say
0: that with your guests uh this is double tap canada is uh, Stephen scott marco flalo sean priest and special guest shelly brisbane with us this week we're talking all things wwdc following on from the big event huge amounts of accessibility news to get into. Uh, Shirley, um, I think, you know, there's so much to talk about. So many questions as well I've still got for Apple on this, and I've put some questions to Apple already, waiting for answers, uh, for example, around SharePlay, right? So you're able to share uh, content, uh, maybe a TV show or a, a music, I guess. But for, in particular, I'm interested in the, the TV show angle. So let's say we're watching an Apple TV show, uh, you and I are watching it together. Well, this is a bad example, actually. Let's see me and Mark are watching it together. Mark doesn't need AD audio description, but I do. Can I watch the AD on mine ah. or get it with AD on mine? And he doesn't have to get the AD. Can we customize, essentially, the language? And there's a lot of talk, Sean, about, yes, that might be possible because, essentially, the way it pulls it from the servers and all the rest, it may be possible.
2: Well, yeah, as we talked about previously, that if it works that, you know, you need your own account anyway. So basically it's just a link that activates the show on the other person's device. So the only clever thing that's really happening is trying to keep that in sync with what you're watching, keeping those two shows playing at the same time. So audio streams and things like that, they should, you know, they should keep as to whatever your personal choice is. So I don't think that would be an issue.
4: I feel the same way. I feel like it's most likely that, your audio description settings and your caption settings are local to you.
0: Well, that's the case certainly. Now, it's interesting because this is where the differential comes between the Apple TV and other apps like Netflix or Amazon right. Prime because on those apps it's it's app specific whereas on Apple TV it's attached to the wider Apple approach of you go into the Apple the uh, accessibility settings and you say under you know audio descriptions that you want them on where available. But that's something that isn't. That's not how it works on sure, Netflix Apple or Prime. ID. Well, in and in case, fact, there's so
4: yeah. there's a SharePlay API, so the app developers can create something specifically for this that may or may not mirror the accessibility functions of their app, and that's the worry I have. Is that you know we know that I mean, and Netflix, by the way, was not included in that list of apps that they're working with it right now. Not. So you have Prime no. Video and you have HBO Max, and so hopefully if those apps have good accessibility already their shareplay api based tools would also but i think that's something you'd want to know specifically from them and you wouldn't shouldn't take it for granted that that's the case couldn't couldn't
0: uh, apple just buy netflix and it would just save a lot of hassle Maybe a buy lot Amazon of people suggested well.
4: they do it maybe not amazon i don't think they can afford that but uh, but netflix like, i don't know that what do i know cool. about balance sheets
0: um i mean the, the, as i say it's so many accessibility specific features and just just some I, I wanted to um pick up on off the bat uh, i think we've just lost sean oh no we've lost shelly oh goodness we've just <laughs> lost, <laughs> lost shelly oh she's just gone well she should be back with us shortly um
2: Oh, it's a problem when you lose Shelly. When you lose me, ah, oh, well.
3: <laughs> nothing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's like, you Sean, know your place. Don't pretend you don't. <laughs> Sean's here. Like, whatever. <laughs> um,
0: but no, uh, hopefully Shelly will get back with us in a moment. I, I have a feeling it's a battery issue. I bet any money it's battery, okay? Shall we take a sweep on this? Do we think a battery's gone? No, on the I'll phone? go with that.
2: It's a battery. Okay, yeah.
0: let's say it's that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I want to say this with her here, so I don't have to say it again, because honestly, there's so many features that I was picking up on. But when I downloaded those betas, I was jumping into the settings, of course, playing around with all the accessibility. What's new? What's different? On iOS 15, there is a new setting, uh, a pair app setting for accessibility. This applies mainly to uh, visuals. This applies to, there we are. Shelly's back with us. Uh, Shelly, you you back with us now? Oh? No. Right. <laughs> Uh, no, she, she'll be here. She'll be here. She can hear us. She's Stay had here. a little
4: bit of a Zoom uh, crisis. I apologize, but I'm back Aww. with you now. So whatever you were saying, I was agreeing with and talking about how brilliant all of you were. Excellent. Ah, well, so fantastic. funny you say that.
0: Um, yeah, because <laughs> I was just, just explaining that. Yeah, we were just talking about how bad Sean is, so, and I'm glad you agreed. Um,
4: <laughs> no. no, I'm in on... trouble.
2: Thanks, Shelley.
0: <laughs> But no, uh, we were just discussing the, the one of the features which was accessibility settings now per app that 's in iOS fifteen where you can uh, customize visually and I know this from from your point of view, Shelley, this might be quite interesting where you can customize the the text sizes, the contrast smart invert. Um, pair app now. Uh, no accessibility, sorry, no voiceover specific settings in that area, although you do have voiceover activities to do some of that. Um, I did put it to Apple this week, actually. you know, Would that be something you might be willing to consider building in to the pair app settings? So you could say, well, I can choose this font size. I can choose this voice. I can choose this speaking rate. That would be helpful as well. But at the moment, what they've done is they've built it to be more visual. What's your thoughts on that?
4: I think it's great because there's such a variety of different ways apps uh, use. Th- some some apps use dark mode, some don't. Some do a good job of implementing invert colors, some don't. Some have their own uh, text size tools, some use dynamic type. And the idea that you can sort of subvert that by creating settings that match what, what you need uh, and and be able to switch to another app and not have to worry that you, you're you using the settings for the last app. That's a great idea. I mean, the ultimate solution is, is more support for the accessibility stuff that Apple builds in, like dynamic type and mm-hmm. like full support for dark mode. Uh, but until we get that, the idea that you can do that on a per app basis, that's going to save me a lot of time, a lot of double tapping on the back of my phone, which is how I invert or un- invert my colors when I need to, that sort of thing.
0: And actually, some of the apps don't. Not only don't respect the the built-in settings or the ability to change text settings, some of them don't even work very well. Right. Um, so sometimes you go into an app. I think about my um, mobile cell provider. Their app does not work with large print or with large text. It just it's just a mess because all the the text size goes up, but the actual framing around the text doesn't. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they, you just get this garble of nonsense. Some might equate it to this program um so you know this is the audio version of what the app looks like and um yeah it's it's just awful you know it's just really really bad laid out but if you can go in and say well look on this specific app i don't want that large text let's not do that that it just saves some time doesn't it? it's just another step in the day you don't have to do
4: right i mean again it doesn't solve the problem of somebody who completely doesn't support dynamic type or or large text in any other way but I always feel like the fact that Apple is turning its gaze on something like that and trying to make a feature that is uh, sensitive to the way people really use their devices, it, it tends to be good in terms of what you can expect from Apple and also what you can expect to hear from them in terms of developers and saying to them, hey, we have this per app feature so you have more flexibility in designing uh, visual interfaces and you can encourage your users to uh, select certain settings that match what your app is doing, that sort
0: of thing. They're also building in a lot more customization and verbosity. As, as That was one thing I found. There's tons of, of features in there, a lot more support for Braille as well, through verbosity as well. So if you want your emojis read out to you via a Braille display, that will happen, um, which I haven't seen before. So that's pretty cool. Um, and... Um, The other one, which I must admit, when I I found this, I was like, oh, no, no, we're done. They've built an interaction mode for iPhone now. So iOS has interaction mode, or as they call it, grouped mode. So you you can navigate, and this is with VoiceOver. You can use VoiceOver in two ways, flat or grouped. Flat means you just swipe left and right, and you'll navigate through all the elements of the screen grouped means it will literally group elements together so it will grab the tab bar as a group and you would have to interact into that and then interact out of it to go to say the message list or you know the 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 toolbar at the top so you know that's a new way of navigation which is optional you don't have to use it obviously but it's more mac style um shelly i know you're low vision uh but you know this must obviously this is something you'll be looking at for future and i imagine you'll be doing a lot of this on your future books um, yeah
4: and and i do i mean i spend time in, in voiceover using spe- well speak Screen's not really as relevant to it i spend time in voiceover more on the web when i'm trying to navigate through through long articles and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff so i do have experience with i mean i i think you're right to be sort of leery of it i i think it could be beneficial in some cases because i have Bad experiences with Safari Voiceover on iOS, where it jumps out of whatever it is you're working on and goes to the tab bar or something. And I'm just like, wait, I, could I could I please go back to where I was? And if I had the ability to group it, uh, to group the content, I might be able to to stay within the, the 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 sites I'm navigating. And I don't know how well it actually works, so I'm sort of just pontificating and being hopeful at this point.
0: But well, I yeah, can tell I tell you I, because I so one <laughs> app in particular that I played with was Twitter because Twitter I've seen a lot of hmm. people complaining. Uh, yeah. Rightly so, because Twitter's been a nightmare recently, uh, where you go through one or two or even three messages, and then suddenly you're bounced onto the tab bar. And then when you go back, yeah. it bounces you back to the top of the list again. So you have to start from the beginning again. And it's really irritating. Now, that's obviously an issue that, that Twitter need to resolve. But the point is, with the group mode, it actually works slightly better on the iPhone than it certainly does on the, on the Mac, because you can you, you, once you're into that message list, it won't go anywhere else. It won't bounce out, unless, of course, you roll your finger you know, down to that particular part of the screen. But if you're swiping, you'll stay within the messages. So that's pretty cool. It's actually doing interaction, I think, a bit better than the Mac does it. In fact, a lot better, arguably, because like you say, when you're in a browser, it's one thing I really can't abide about the Mac sometimes, is that when I go to a new page, I'm just bounced out of the browser yeah. and I'm actually more into the toolbar of the browser or somewhere else in the browser. Why can't I just get back to the content? I'm H for headings, (laughs) nothing's happening, Um, you know, because I've got to go back and then interact again. And I feel like why can't you just lock lock in to that part of the screen? That's something Apple really have to fix.
4: Yeah, and I think in iOS it's actually gotten a little bit worse in the past couple of iOS versions. I was 14 especially, and I was kind of startled by it because I was doing a lot of voiceover stuff, not just for the book, but as they say, to sort of consume content within browsers, and, and Twitter, now that you mention it, is one of those... Sometimes you're just so used to something being bad that you, <laughs> yes, you forget right. to
2: complain <laughs> about it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel right at home. <laughs> so true, though. You
0: were going to but jump the thing, in there, Sean, yeah.
2: The things you're talking about, though, are, are, are bugs. They're focus bugs, right? They're voiceover right. problems. Right, right. Are, where you're you're in there, and suddenly you lose focus. Um, so, I, I mean is this is this isn't really to fix that although obviously it's really helpful for that i guess it comes down to how you feel about the interaction model if you're a mac user anyway for me it terrifies me i i didn't like it i couldn't get on with it um so you know as a jaws or nvda user that the interaction model just seems strange but i was talking to someone the other day and they said well actually i see this working really well for an ipad because of the ipad and the you know the, the different layouts you do have Actually, this makes more sense. Much easier to navigate around by groups and then interacting with the area you're actually interested in than having to navigate as it is currently all the way through every element on the screen. So yeah, although I'm not a fan of the interaction model, actually I can see its you know its uses.
4: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that the the nature of iOS and especially the iPad lends itself better to that model than Mac ever did because you're having to tab through your you your slower in using that kind of a model on a keyboard-based system than you are where you can swipe and flick and even do just, you know, moving around the screen at will on a, yeah. on a touch device.
0: What was your take on the iPad side of things? I mentioned at the top of the show on, on our first, hour, um, first episode this week that we were, well, I was particularly unimpressed by the fact that they hadn't really given it more productivity features. What was your take on that?
4: Well, they they sort of, and I haven't used it yet because I need to install it on to start the beta on my iPad in a day or two. Uh, they sort of fixed problems that existed, like with the the multitasking. People are excited about it but you have to remember that it's been kind of messed up for for two iterations. And as I said to somebody in in the mainstream world, I said, what they're doing for you uh, in split with uh, the the way they've changed multitasking is a little bit like what we have in voiceover. We sort of have an implicit menu uh, with the controller bar uh, and that they're sort of bringing that to the mainstream in the sense that now you can explicitly choose whether I want slide over or whether I want split view and that's nice i guess but it feels like they're fixing things that were wrong with the initial versions of it
0: but they certainly have added a lot more keyboard functionality to it and that's why yeah I that's like.
4: great i'm i'm excited about that i haven't seen the list yet though and so that's why i had i don't have a lot to say about it other than more keyboard shortcuts is great especially as apple you know literally encourages you to use a keyboard by creating keyboards themselves and makes the ipad more Computer like. And, uh, you know, I know plenty of people in both mainstream and accessibility focused worlds who want to use their iPad more as a computing device and obviously be able to do that on the computer. <laughs> computer well, is exactly uh, yeah. keyboard is desirable.
0: Well, I mean, Mark wants to use it as a, I mean, that's thing. you're desperate to use
3: Final Cut on there. Yeah, of course. I think everybody is. I think anybody who's right. using an iPad these days are desperate to use some of these pro level software. And I think that, uh, I think I thought, you know, Maybe we'd get some kind of glimpse of something like that at this year's conference, but uh, of course we didn't, um, which just means it's not ready yet. They just haven't quite figured out how to to get all that functionality. I think it's really more of the interface, to be perfectly honest, Mm. making all the features of the interface available to a touch world.
0: The thing is, the iPad is brilliant in so many ways, if you think about it. I mean, compare it to a MacBook Air. You know, you've got touchscreen. You've now got a mouse pointer. You've now got, you know, full keyboard access. You could get 5G in there. Um, you've got that portability. It's a handheld device as well as being something you can sit on a desk and use. I mean, it has all the functionality, the, the capability, and the power behind it. It's, it's, a, it's a much better option than a MacBook Air. I just wish they could sort a few of the assistive uh, issues out and possibly, you know, well, not possibly, definitely get more pro-level software on there. Just quickly, before I move on, Shelley, here's a question that seems to do the rounds a lot these days. I'm interested in your take. Is the iPad and Mac OS itself going to merge or are they always going to keep them separate? That's the ultimate question, isn't it?
4: I, I guess it is. I feel like I feel like they'll get closer and closer and that will the Mac may look more like say a surface does where you have something that's a a tablet and it may be more of a heart, the software gets closer and closer. And then eventually we find that they have merged without Apple making a fanfare and fireworks that say they've merged. We've gotten rid of one versus the other because both have features that are really crucial to the way people work. And as much as I think people want to see those pro level apps on iPad, and I agree, and I will line up to buy logic pro when it comes out on the iPad, Hmm. I feel like, especially currently Mac OS is a superior platform for manipulation of things, and I'm talking about as a combination of using my vision and, and not using my vision, but it's a, it's a superior platform just in terms of the, the, the tools you have for manipulating objects, whether they be sound waves or, you know, physical images or the, or the like, and until... Until those things can be merged, until you can bring more of the Mac onto the iPad in terms of the productivity and the ability to manipulate physical items, it, it, it shouldn't happen. I hope yeah. it doesn't happen.
0: Well, you know, I will say one thing. The keyboard uh, support is brilliant. And, and you'll love it when you get into the shortcuts because there are so many now. There are tons when you hit that command key. And, you know, the list pops up with all the different commands that you can now get. There's tons of it. Like, it's a whole know, new
4: appendix for the book.
0: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like, it went from, like, 10 to, like, 30. I mean, it's incredible. There's so many. Yeah, I know. And it's, what I love about this is it's available for everyone, right? This isn't an accessibility thing. It's for everybody. That's the best bit about it. Um, it means we'll get some long-term support with that, which is great. Um, okay, look, still to come, lots more accessibility features to talk about, including one device we haven't even touched on yet, the Apple Watch. We'll get into that next.
1: This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show.
0: Welcome to our special episode, our special extra this week, episode of Double Tap Canada. Canada I uh, don't quite know why I said like that But there you go uh, wasn't It Wasn't beautiful It was like Canada That's the way to do it uh, We haven't talked about The Apple Watch Yet guys um, Because Interestingly So I'm trying to think Back to the actual event And I don't think There was a huge amount They talked about Certainly around health There was a lot of talk Around health And, and new features coming I guess we'll hear more From the watch uh, Or about the watch About the hardware Inside the watch When the new one Comes out this year But um, where are we with the watch at the minute, Shelley? Are you are you still kind of because I, I, here's my take on the Apple Watch, right? Great device, no idea what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at.
4: I mean, I have one, and I uh, bought one. I have a Series Four, and I I bought it used, and I'll I'll give them points for the fact that I'll still be able to use WatchOS eight on this thing. So good on them in that sense. Uh, I, I am not. You know, I, I should be a health nut. I'm not, and most of the people I know who love the Apple Watch always first mention various things to do with rings and health. And I just tune out at that point. I'm just like, what,
2: what? okay. Well done.
0: <laughs> you're, in, you're in the right club with that one. Yeah. trust me.
4: Uh, I, I again, I feel seen. I really do. I, I feel like a lot of what they're doing. It, it's great stuff. Like I, I think the uh, the steadiness tracking. I can't remember the actual the name of it, but the ability to uh, wear a device and and have trends. About how steadily you walk yes, or what your balance issues right, might be, yeah. that's great for older folks or for people who just might not. A lot of people who eventually end up with diabetes have have steadiness issues, and so I think that's a great feature. And they they do continue to innovate on that way and sort of and and it's it shouldn't be lost on people that that Apple Watch has been prescribed by medical insurance companies to customers and say if you wear this watch and you let it keep track of you and give us that data, we'll give you a discount, which may seem a big brother like to from a consumer point of view but from apple's point of view and from the corporate point of view that's pretty powerful stuff Mm -hmm. so i mean i as i say i enjoy it i don't feel like if i didn't wear it i would be out of the apple ecosystem in other words it performs a real specific function i mean i i like certain things about it but it's uh yeah and i'm not gonna be excited about the portrait watch face that's just not
0: <laughs> no i mean it's, it, I, know. I don't care about that stuff it's
2: one of those things where you're not too like i, I haven't got mine on today i just felt for it because expecting it to be there and so I, I just got did it the same yeah i've no. left it well I've left my it on the battery
4: the on mine watch lasts about one and a third days so yep. if i remember to put it on in the morning and i wear it all day and i remember to charge it that night then i can use it the next day like right now i have about what am have? 30%? So it's not going to last the day and I'll probably have to take it
2: off at some point. <laughs> but it charges so quick, you know, in five minutes. Yeah, you it does. Usually That's get a good enough point. To, to, to get you through whenever. That's- so
4: my favorite charging related feature, and I don't know if you've encountered this or not, but uh, I have the sleep feature turned on my phone. So it'll remind me what time I said I wanted to go to bed. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? I don't want to go to bed at 10 o'clock. But in any case, it, it'll tell you uh, if you don't put your watch on to charge right now, uh, you won't be able to wear it through the night and have it track your sleep properly. Oh, I cool. love that feature. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, look, there is a feature around the watch, which I think we have to talk about. It was demonstrated um, at the Apple event we were at uh, yesterday. Mark and I were there. It was it was a very interesting event. We had heard about this. Uh, Apple had announced it. Prior, but we got some more information on it, and that's the assistive touch feature that everyone's quite
3: excited about.
0: Yes. um So let's explain
3: now, this to people. Does this work on? Is this only iOS fifteen? I'm trying to figure out where, like, how to actually get it to work. It must be through. Like, it it must be through was it WatchOS eight? So WatchOS eight.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. WatchOS eight, which okay. works
4: all the way back to even the Series three. Although I don't know whether you could get that feature on the Series three, but Series four forward, I'm sure you can get it. So.
0: Um, but this this basically allows you to use your hand, uh, and it measures or uses your hand. I don't really understand the technicals behind this. I mean, even though I've had it explained to me, I still don't really understand it. But you know, it, it, you can essentially use your hand and the gestures of your hand to control the watch. Um, this is mind blowing when you think about it. So this is for people who are uh, disabled, who maybe have only the use of one arm, or have only one arm or one hand. Um, and it's also for someone who might just you know and this is the great thing about this again it's an, it, because it 's under the assistive touch category because it's under accessibility there's this sense of well it's for disabled people, but it's not you, know, you could be carrying a bag of groceries and not be able to use your your watch, but when you're getting a call through, you can't answer it. You can use assistive touch to to you know answer the call navigate your watch. It seems very futuristic in some ways that you're able to do this
4: yeah i'll say i'll say one thing that's absolutely in earnest and one thing that is. A little bit cynical. And the in earnest thing is, this is amazing for somebody who uh, can't touch the watch, who can't touch screens in general, like assistive touch on the phone, you have to have some ability to touch. The watch feature... makes it possible for you to do things without touching the watch which is is really incredible the slightly cynical thing i'll say is that this is this year's accessibility demo for everybody else so it's the it's the Uh. one mainstream people can look at and go wow and they don't even look what they've done for those
0: lovely disabled people
4: exactly and they the video was great they did around global accessibility awareness day they did this great video and now they're they're doing as I suspected they would do, and they're fleshing out some of these features in the course of WWDC week. And, and again, I wasn't on, was didn't have the opportunity to talk to you guys at the time of the global accessibility where, where to stay announcements. But I said on, in other venues then that I just think this is such a great strategy, not only to sort of get them a little bit of, of credit, which again, cynical, uh, but also to sort of focus on accessibility features in the way that they're meant to be used as opposed to just isn't this nice what they've done for the disabled people? Everybody think nicely of Apple.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. And yeah, the thing about Apple sometimes that really irritates me is that they do this stuff, they put it out there, and, and obviously they, they want to put the positive spin on it. I mean, I don't I don't deny them that right to do that. I mean, why wouldn't you, I guess? But at the same token, I sometimes think, and I was talking to a, a group of people on Clubhouse last night until very late in the morning um, <laughs> about it's all Sean's fault because um, it, it, we found this app called Club Deck, and um i said to sean yeah so you you can now go on to your mac or your pc and you can sign into clubhouse and use like your professional setup if you've got one um as we all do um to to do our our, our clubhouse rooms and i'm like oh this is great we have got to try it and anyway i went on and sat till two in the morning talking absolute garbage that's why i
4: got all those notifications thanks steven sorry
0: (laughs) sorry Um, 30
2: minutes, he said. I've got 30 minutes. That's right. I said 30 minutes and I'm out.
0: And then I was there for like six hours. It was utterly ridiculous. Um, But we were talking about the whole thing on Apple. And and it wasn't really about assistive touch, but it was about the. uh, we were talking around audio description and how we really need to get a, a company or an organization or a film director or somebody very high profile to really push it. And I said, look... Apple are doing this already. They've put so much effort and emphasis into um, making sure their content is accessible through Apple TV, right? So they would be the perfect people to stand up and talk and push the industry forward on this. But they don't. They just don't. It's, it's the one thing they don't do. I think Microsoft do this brilliantly. I'm a huge fan of Microsoft for this because, you know, Microsoft, they, they do the Ability Summit. They've got the big events around the year. They constantly talk to other parties about accessibility, constantly push the message of accessibility. Now, Apple may be doing some of this, but we've got no idea. Uh, And and this is the bit that kind of bugs me in some way. They do all this, and then they put out these shiny, lovely videos, and then everyone goes away feeling nice about themselves. But actually, what they're not thinking is, okay, how can I put this into my product? How can I make sure my app does this? How can I make sure this works? As well. It's not up to Apple to, to just deliver it all. It's up to, especially in the Apple sense of the iStore, um, Apple App Store, whatever it's called this week. Um, you know, in there, all the apps need to be accessible, and Apple don't deny or make that happen. They don't say this has to be the case. Uh, and maybe they need to be a bit firmer on this. Maybe they need to speak out a bit more. I wish they would. Anyway, that's my Oops. rant of the day. A bit but but there. here's the thing assistive touch works with voiceover and this is the big news for me
4: that's so great
0: because i was like okay i didn't even think about voiceover at the time because a bit like voice control when voice control came out this was built for people who wouldn't be able to use the computer uh through touch and i thought okay this is how will this even work with voiceover will it work and it does. I mean, they've, they've, they've crossed the streams on this. I mean, I remember far back enough, as I'm sure you do, Shelley, to the days when voiceover and Zoom couldn't even play together. Right. That was an absolute nightmare. Remember if you got your gestures, if you had voiceover t- turned on and you had Zoom turned on, all the, the different gestures would kind of yeah. get confused. Um, and it was a mess. But they fixed all that. And they, they, all, the, all these features work with each other, which is really cool.
4: Well, I have a question about that. Do you know if assistive touch on the watch works with Siri?
0: No, I don't because
4: know. you remember your example of you're carrying groceries. I want to say, hey, Siri, enable in- assistant touch. Sorry if I've upset any devices out there uh, because I might not <laughs> want to use assistive touch constantly. But if I know how to work it, I might use it in a well, situational circumstance.
0: You could use it for, well, I guess you could raise your arm. You could use that feature where you raise the wrist. And then you, you raise can your wrist, in. and
4: you and you tell it you tell Siri to enable Assistive Touch on the watch, which means that the gestures that are associated with Assistive
0: Touch will now work. Oh, network. so you want it right? So you want to temporarily enable and disable yes. using Siri? Ah, I see. Right, oh, that's interesting. I don't see, know yeah. if that's well. I yeah. mean, you can turn VoiceOver on and off that way, can you?
2: It's something yeah. you can't take for granted. Each accessibility feature isn't necessarily there, is it, in, in a Siri form?
4: Right. You 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 can't take it for granted. And that's those are the kinds of questions that always whenever I'm fortunate enough to get to talk to Apple folks and I ask them questions like that, there's always there's this often there's this long pause. Mm. Sometimes there's this. Well, of course. And then the long pause means, (laughs) oh, what am I going (laughs) to (laughs) say? Now, what I want them to say, because that always it always makes you feel good, whatever the context, if somebody says, well, that's a really good question. That always makes you feel good, even if the answer is, all right, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, what do I say? But, but Apple doesn't talk that way. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sure, should we quickly say what it, what it does, assistive touch on the, the Apple Watch? For well, anyone that doesn't know already,
0: well, I, I, well, so I kind of very, very briefly, and very badly, I guess, referred to this earlier. But really, where you, you, you're essentially using the gestures of your hand. Shelley, you might put this better than me. I mean, you're, you're using various gestures. Like for example, if you wanted to pinch, I think, um, yeah, if
4: you can pin, if you can clench or you can pinch, and if you think about it, the way your hand moves, it's the the muscles from your hand move to your wrist, which then moves to the watch. And so if you clench or pinch in accordance with the gestures that assistive touch supports, you can do things like use the digital crown or scroll through the, the watch or respond to a message. I, I'm not sure how many gestures it supports. Uh, but Apple did, as I, as I mentioned earlier, put out a really good video that is a physical demonstration of how this works. And again, my guess is that there is a lot of stuff that it does, uh, that it, it isn't explained uh, I would also guess that there aren't that many gestures that it supports, because as I explain it, I realize that you know there are infinite ways you could move your, your fingers around. Mm. But Apple's pretty good at saying, these are the two or three things that you can use, and here are the many ways you can apply those gestures.
0: So under the voiceover settings, you were able to customize, and I'm pretty sure if I remember, they said there were four gestures that you could customize uh, specifically for voiceover users. So that would give you the sense that, that those are the gestures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and you can customize them any way you want to work with voiceover, which I think is is brilliant. I'm really keen to try that out. They even referred in that briefing to people who use a long cane or use a guide dog, and how this, this would be perfect for them. And that's what I'm thinking about, because I'm a long cane user. My wife's a guide dog owner. So for both of us, having those assistive touch features will make a real difference and may make the watch a bit more usable for us, which sounds pretty cool. Look, there's so much more to talk about here. Um, I want to talk about switch control. I want to talk about some new headphone accommodation features that are coming in as well, uh, which are pretty uh, interesting. And uh, for people who struggle with uh, loud noises, loud bangs, all that kind of thing, Um, then, you know, some amazing new headphone accommodations uh, Ah! coming out as well. Thanks for that, Mark. Uh, Right, stick around. (laughs) (laughs) If only I had my AirPod Pros on, I'd have been saved from that noise. It's Double Tap Canada.
1: This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. We're well, hanging out
0: with Shelley, Brisbane today, author of the iOS Access for All books and also author author or oh, podcaster on uh, Relay FM with the uh, Parallel podcast, which is absolutely fantastic. You've got to go check it out. Uh, Shelley. when are you uh, going to get the next iOS Access for All book for iOS 15? We're all, we're all waiting for it, so... Um
4: Who knows? Yeah, I know. Any day now. Uh, (laughs) I am not one of those. There are a lot of people who write books about software that say we'll have it on the day that the software is released. I am not one of those people. Uh, What I do, though, is uh, the day that it's released, I say that anybody who buys the book from that point until the day that the book is available... Will get the update for free, and that's my uh, evasive way of saying probably in November.
0: <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Uh, is
4: my and s- sadly, uh, and I it depends on uh, how quick Apple is with giving us nice stable betas. But uh, as as you know, sometimes they update things at the last minute, and I would rather be uh, right than fast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's let's get into some of these other features because the Switch Control um, is uh, a fantastic feature for people who uh, need it, who maybe can't use the hands to uh, control their computer. Uh, they need the Switch to do that. Uh, they've actually enhanced it so that you can use uh, game controllers as well. And the idea here is that people who want to use or play games on their computer can use... Uh, the same controller. They don't have to keep changing around the controller. So for example, the adaptive controller from Xbox, which is the most obvious one, isn't it? Uh, That is supported now. And you can use that as a Switch device, which is brilliant. Um, Switch Control um, also now supports sounds. Um, Now, this is interesting. I I was a bit confused by this. So I'm not entirely convinced this is part of Switch Control, but it was brought in under that uh, banner. Uh, But really, it's about voice control. So for people who want to use voice control but haven't the ability to speak words but can utter sound, they can use those sounds instead of the voice, which, again, is amazing that you're able to use those utterances instead of words to control your device and still control. And this this is across iOS, iPadOS, and macOS as well, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, yeah, that, that's really worth um, mentioning. Also, headphone accommodations. There was a lot on, on audio mentioned at the event. Um, I think one of the, the kind of biggest things for people who have got hearing or mild hearing loss, people who are concerned about their hearing, um, you know, we've been able to for a while download apps. I mean, we we did one. We, we talked about it on the Double Tap TV show called Mimi. Uh, which was the hearing app where I think I found out that I had mild hearing loss uh, on the show. That was nice. Um, Although, in fairness, I don't think it was that bad. I think it was just that they, you know, I I think basically they tell everybody you've got mild hearing loss for some reason. (laughs) I don't quite know why. But uh, you get from that app an audiogram that you can import into your phone and your iPhone can take that and then customize your AirPods Pro or your AirPods Max to suit your hearing, you know, give you the right level of treble and bass and I'm sure a lot more to make your uh, experience better really get the the best out of your ears. But if you go along to an audiologist and they give you a paper-based audiogram, a proper audiogram, I guess, um, what do you do with that? Well, now you can scan them in using your phone and it will allow your headphones to be accommodated. And I believe as well, upcoming Bluetooth hearing aids as well will be uh, able to work with that, which is pretty impressive. And I mentioned background sounds. Mark makes a noise now. There we go. Um, and those background sounds, uh, which for a lot of people can be very... Thank you for that. What's that meant to be? Birds? Very B- disturbing. birds chirping. Birds chirping. Birds chirping. Beautiful. Um, we get sound effects in this show as well. Um, but yeah, you can now uh, dull down those outside noises as well. You can even change the background sounds as you move around. And it was interesting because I, I've heard about this from various people saying, well, for people who... You know, really need this. Uh, perhaps uh, people with autism, for example, may really benefit from this. Like, be- look at that. Listen to that beautiful sound. Is that is that not relaxing, you guys?
2: No, right. sounds like there's a car coming. I don't like it. <laughs> it's an ocean. Well, and I
4: can hear the leaf blower in the background of my end, so I'm distracted by that. You may or may not be able to hear it, but... <laughs> well,
2: you know,
0: you've obviously got the, uh, what is it they call it, the ambient mode or whatever they call that, the the thing where it kills all Isolation the background noise. Isolation mode. Isolation right. mode, yeah. You've also got that turned on. But, yeah, this will allow you to add those background sounds in. For a lot of people, yes, for people who are autistic, they'll benefit from this. But there are also people who. He's not going to stop. No, he's not. He's he's got the full (laughs) gamut of these. I guess these are free. Um, So um, you can also have this for everybody, and I think for people getting back out into the world who are feeling a bit anxious about it, they can use this as a way of kind of you know bringing themselves back into the world around them. I think it's pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's good.
2: Oh, good. Yes, I don't think anyone's saying it's bad. No, look,
0: all these. That's features.
2: terrible. Let's not do. It. No, it's great. It's, <laughs>
0: those
4: are all fabulous features. I and say. what I love about them is that they're so kind of under the hood, under the radar. For for a lot of people, they're going to yeah. be game changers, and especially the the audiogram, scanning the audiograms, and. um Uh, some of the stuff around uh, sounds related to voice control, because uh, 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 voice control, and switch control, because don't forget we also have now eye tracking on the iPad. There are gonna be people who have not been able to use these platforms at all who can now use them, especially with eye tracking and with the voice control uh, sounds stuff combined. And then there are folks who, I mean, honestly, I feel like the audiogram stuff is gonna sell a lot of hearing aids because hearing aids are not inexpensive. And when you decide which hearing aid you're gonna get, You may be like, well, I don't have an iPhone, or I have an iPhone, but I don't really care so much about hearing aid compatibility. But if people see this, they will either buy the iPhone compatible hearing aids, or maybe they'll switch phones to begin with, which is, of course, what Apple wants. Again, not being cynical in that case. I just feel like it, (laughs) it, it, but it does, it's a point of differentiation for people.
0: Shelly, the jaunty music tells us we're out of time. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for being with us for this hour of Double Tap Canada. It's been great having you. Uh, do check out the Parallel Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're all waiting for the iOS 15 access for all book. Thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap Canada. Thanks this for week.
4: having me. It was delightful.
0: Uh, Marka falala la, 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 yes! la, 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 la. Oh, I'm still here. Still here. Still making silly oh. noises. Uh, and Sean Priest, thank you as well. I'm for delightful. Joining us. You're welcome. Catch you next week, guys.
1: Thanks for listening, and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at DoubleTapCanada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time.